The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. From Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on part of the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website, the host of this here internet show. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, but not on Facebook. Yeah. I don't know what to we tell you, man. can't figure it out. We're trying. They changed their permissions, and so things are getting really weird. Anyway, or <laughs> um, you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 33rd birthday today. Happy birthday to somebody that that gentleman over there actually is quite a big fan of right now. Happy birthday to Manuel Neuer. I mean... Oh, uh, he's big in Germany. He gave you a beautiful gift. He's, he's not. Very <laughs> he good gave anymore. you a beautiful gift. Remember, like three years ago, when he was like the greatest goalkeeper of all oh, time, an, and now he's just not. He was like, he was at worst a top two keeper in the world. Oh, he was the best. He was the best because he he had he was the sweeper keeper. He was the first sweeper keeper of this generation, where he'd like come up and play the outfield like and as a novelty. Ridiculous. He's so bad right now, though. He's not good. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Ish is not here, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Speaking of just a technical, there's just a lot. Just a weird technical yeah, show. This is what happens. Um, first and foremost, um, Ish is not here because we uh, because <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but Ish is not here because Shahan is not here, and Shahan is not here mm-hmm. because Shahan is in El Paso mm-hmm. uh, doing work for the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll never guess what school he's covering out there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but so he's got. It'd be great. Is there like a community college we don't know about on this show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's like some school we don't know about that's like starting football, and that's what he's out there doing. No, he's out there with UTEP, and so we uh we sent the uh, the magazine or um, the magazine the camera over with him. So he is uh he's uh, the camera is out there, and so as a result, we only have the two cameras: the one that you're looking at, Max, the the Max at. And yep. then this one that you're looking at me. So uh, that's why. It's a two-man so show. It's, we this, we're to going old school. Out. I yeah. should bring back the old split screen We should go to the boxes. Yeah. We should go back to the old studio, too. No, okay. let's not do that. But I could. Uh, I should come up with a split screen if we ever get in a situation where it's just the two of us. Today is Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. 246 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 731. 731, the number of plate appearances for Carl Everett in his illustrious Texas sure. Rangers career. That's a former Red Sox great. That is. Who does not believe in dinosaurs. That's true. That, <laughs> that is always, true. Always the weirdest Played little fact. Played with a going. toothpick in his mouth and did not believe in dinosaurs. I mean. A lot going on. A lot going on there. On today's show, guys, we have um, we. I'm glad to, I'm glad we recorded it yesterday. But right. we have um, uh, this week in recruiting with uh, Greg Powers. Uh, we're going to get into the biggest news and notes from around the recruiting sphere in Texas coming up here in a minute. And then back half of the show, we'll continue our series of Texas high school football regional recaps, looking at San Antonio, the Alamo City. Uh, what are we talking about with them? Who are the number one teams? Are the top teams there? Um, let's uh, find out back half of this show. Right. Uh, as we mentioned, um, 
yesterday we sat down with Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete for our weekly conversation about recruiting across the state of Texas. Here is This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers around Texas Football Today. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Cruton. We're getting a lot better. It's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete joining us every Wednesday here on Texas Football Today. Follow him on Twitter at GPower79. Follow Next Level Athlete, our valued recruiting partners at Next Level D1. Uh, per usual, a lot to get to. Uh, Always. L- let's start with our Recruit of the Week. Our Recruit of the Week, a Baylor commit. Uh, going to the middle of the middle of the defense, linebacker, um, uh, linebacker Will Garner. Uh, out of Klein, a 2020 outside linebacker, 6'3", 190. Um, starting to get a little bit of interest, but Baylor, uh, Baylor really, he's uh, he, he first offer, he jumped on it. Definitely, and they actually offered him, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a, a real upside prospect for Baylor. They do a really good job recruiting these linebackers, edge defenders, um, who have the speed and the ability to play in space. I kind of caught on to that last year as they – uh, we're going through their 2019, 2018 recruiting class. 2019. Sorry, all mixed up, man. Hmm. All these classes it's flying okay. around. 2019 recruiting class. They started to establish themselves with these these speedy edge guys, these speedy linebackers, and he kind of continues uh, to fit into that mold. Six foot three, 190 pounds. Spent some time playing with his hand on the ground. Also, uh, is a force off the edge. He has good length and. One thing that I know that our next level athlete scouts noted about him was that this off season was integral uh, for what level he would probably play at. So mm-hmm. it looks like he's passed that test and had been working hard since the end of the season. Yeah, kind of a not a tweener. That's the wrong way to put right. it, but kind of a hybrid is is a right. guy who who can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, we've already seen on these highlights that we're looking at. Uh, we've already seen him drop into coverage. We've already seen him rush the passer uh, from a stand up position. We've also seen him with his hand in the dirt too. Right, and and he does a little bit of all of that. And what position fits him best going forward, I think, is that hybrid defensive end outside linebacker role where he can continue to do some of the same stuff that he's been doing at Klein on the next level. Uh, He's going to need to get bigger to play with his hand on the dirt, and he's going to need to get quicker uh, to be a true outside linebacker. So continued development in those areas is going to be key for Will Garner as he transitions into the next level. Of course, he still has one full year of high school football to play, and – part of two off seasons before he even yeah. gets into the college program. That's one thing to keep in mind as we talk about commits now that the page has already turned to 20, mm-hmm. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's still got a ton of time to, to go, but Klein outside linebacker, Will Garner, uh, our, our recruit of the week. Uh, let's get to our commit of the week. We're talking uh, down to uh, down to Houston, staying Houston guy, staying local Tomball Memorial uh, offensive and defensive lineman, Braden Nutter uh, commits to rice. The owls pick him up. This guy, um, well, size is not an issue. Size is no, not an issue. Not. Six three two ninety. Uh, this is a big, big boy. And uh, another guy we we talked about Will Garner being able to do multiple things uh, at at on the edge as a defensive prospect. Braden Nutter could probably play defensive line or offensive line as he transitions to college. I actually kind of have been enamored with him lately as a potential offensive center Mm -hmm. uh, into college. So it'll be interesting to see what position he winds up at. But another guy that's really been working hard in the offseason to continue to become a recruitable prospect. And also what you'll notice about him is his academics sets him apart. He's got some big-time Ivy League offers to go with an offer from Rice, which is one of the tougher uh, academic schools to get into 
if not the toughest mm-hmm. here in the state, especially at the FBS level. So uh, he set himself apart in that area as well. This is a guy who started eight games as a sophomore on the defensive line as well. So a guy who's got a, a number of games under his belt for a young program down there in Tomball Memorial. But, you know, it's funny. You don't see necessarily at the 6A level guys who are – on both sides of the ball, as far as offensive and defensive line, uh, but this is a guy that you feel like could could fit in either place. It's a lot to ask. Yeah, I think you're asking a guy that's 290 pounds to play at that level and play consistently on both sides of the ball. It's probably just too much to ask. But I think this is a big pickup for the Owls because you saw offers from schools like Colorado and Houston on his list. Uh, that's a big win. Absolutely, it's a it's a big it's a big win, especially when you look at it. You know. Uh, his his offer list. I mean, even even you know you're talking about it. When you talk about a guy who's obviously got his academics on straight, and he's he's getting. I mean, he this, this is a guy who had an offer from Yale. Uh, this is a guy who had an offer from Dartmouth and, and a few other Cornell. You know, right. when you're talking about those guys, it's, it's funny because with Rice, you're not just obviously competing with the kids with the with the teams in the state. You're not just competing with Texas and Texas A&M theoretically for recruits. You're also competing with guys who want to go and you know for for these other academic schools. You have to stand right. out there too. So that's that's kind of an important get for them as well. Rise is off to a pretty decent start yeah. in the class of 2020. So I mean, I think they're a little bit ahead of where they were in the class of 2019. They've got a couple of good commitments. Actually, this is the second one in about mm-hmm. four weeks that we've made the commitment of the of the week or the recruit of the week so they're they're doing well in the recruiting trail yeah, mike bloomgren doing a little bit of work it's uh yeah. it's greg powers a next level athlete joining us here on texas football today get involved in the conversation hashtag tf today all right let's get into our prospect on the rise uh lamar consolidated running back tay mcwilliams uh this is a dude who uh a name we've a name we've kind of known for a little bit and he's got People are starting to, to – if you didn't know him by now, you're right. going to start knowing him because the offers are starting to roll in for him. Tulsa, Baylor, Tech, Houston. This was a guy who was a stud at the at the opening in Houston, and I know at the next-level athlete uh, uh, combine, you guys were awful impressed with him. Well, look how quick he is at his size. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a massive dude. You see him dwarfing the coach right there in this drill as he goes over the bags. He runs really well. He moves really well. Um and he's only going to get bigger, but he clocked a 4.48 40-yard dash at six foot one, 202 pounds. Uh, that's moving. That so, is moving. Uh, there, there's no reason – I mean, there's no way that a guy like that can stay off college's radars. I right. mean, when you're that big and you can move like that, colleges are going to pay you attention. And, you know, the, the opening was McWilliams' breakout because he was able to put a time – to the film and, you know, the drills that colleges have seen like this. You know, it's great to see uh, Tay go through these drills and, and show his explosion, his ability to catch the football, uh, but that laser time 40 really, really, I think, helps set him apart. They operate out of the power spread there, and, and so as a result, they, they kind of spread the ball around, so the numbers aren't going to uh, wow you. This is right. a guy who led the team in rushing 743 yards and nine touchdowns. That's on just 97 carries. I mean, he averaged seven and a half yards a carry for a team that does, that had, you know, what, five guys go over 100 yards rushing wow. uh, on on the season this guy uh you know you imagine this is an offense that's not necessarily predicated on a superstar but it sure seems like lamar consolidated has a kid uh, that can be the bell cow if they so need it to. well it's nice to see him being able to catch the rock too yeah. i mean at his size that's something that not 
a lot of big, bigger framed running backs necessarily are, are great at and take and catch the rock. Yeah, that's that's uh, an important thing, especially you know when when you're talking about the the kind of places uh, that he's yeah. getting offers from. Yep. You know, as we mentioned, getting offers from Baylor, getting offers from Houston, uh, Texas Tech. They want to get the ball out to their backs in space, and so uh, it's interesting to see. Going to keep an eye on Lamar Consolidate running back Tate McWilliams. And Does it not change your offense a little bit to have a guy that you can keep on third down? Oh. It's third and one, third and two, and you have a guy that can actually bust it up the middle to pick up that first down, or you might slide him out into the flats and get him the football uh, in the passing game. That's that's good versatility to have, and I think offers will continue to come in as a result. No, you're exactly right, and this is a guy who, um, you, you know, having that, I, th- I think that's become more, not trendy, because that kind of gives it a, 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 a negative vibe to it, but I'll say that I think that that's something that coaches are starting to, to look at more, is right. that the days of just being a two-down back and being right. a guy that's got to come off the field third down, if you can use a scholarship on a kid who can stay on the field for all three downs, that's going to be preferable. Saves the scholarship maybe, Absolutely. too. Finally, let's talk about our underclassmen of the week uh, going way out east to about as east as you can go, Texarkana, to Pleasant Grove. 2021 defensive tackle Marcus Burris, 6'4", 285 for a kid who just finished his sophomore season. Picks up an offer from, uh, from I guess, probably the most local um, FBS <laughs> uh, school in Arkansas. Um, and this is the first offer for him. You imagine this is not going to be the last for Marcus Burris. No, and there were a lot of people buzzing about him at the state championship game. Of course, their excellent defensive end, Landon Jackson, was not able to play in that game. So a lot of the attention fell on Marcus Burris as you know, media and uh, recruiting media w- was mm-hmm. in attendance for that game. Uh, and and I really like his size and explosion combination. I do think that he grows into a, a true interior guy as he transitions forward uh, into college, but plays a little bit on the edge right now and showcases some speed for a big fella. Yeah, he does. He's a, he's a, got a, a lot of speed here for uh, for Marcus Burris and, and a guy who, again, because Landon Jackson, I think, sucks up so much of the oxygen right. in the room, here's a guy who who's kind of standing out as well, 6'5", you know, he, he's listed here uh, by, on, by Coach Gibson at 6'5", 255. Yeah, 255. I mean, this is a big, big boy and a guy, 75 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, five sacks last year. Um, he uh, This is a guy who's been on, on, on the radar, again, when you it, sometimes it's, it's nice to just play with another guy who's already getting a lot of attention because then you right. come you know, the guy comes up to, to see maybe Landon Jackson to go oh hey uh, well I'll take you Marcus Burris and it seems like he's starting to get noticed as well yeah and I think offers will continue to come in for him you know when your first offer is from the SEC and it's Arkansas well here's your here's your sign yes. Marcus Burris is going to get plenty of attention he recently took an unofficial visit to Texas for the junior day so he's already firmly on. The Longhorns radar, they know about him, so we'll see what pressure this applies to some of the other schools around the state and in the region to see if they're soon to step up with an offer for Marcus Burris. But keep your eye on that April 15th through April 22nd, that first week of the evaluation period. I think schools that stop through Texarkana, he's one of the best players in that part of the state, Mm -hmm. so offers are probably going to come in. Mark Spurs from Pleasant Grove, our underclassman of the week. Finally, um, what are you uh, What are you working on? What's uh, well, What's going on? We're working on a lot here at Dave Campbell's recently. I think that you'll want to keep your eye on the, the website over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be launching some new recruiting features on the site. Uh, we're not getting into disclosing all of those <laughs> just yet, uh, but there are some updates that are coming, and I think that recruits, coaches, and especially recruiting fans are going to be really interested in those changes. It's going to be exciting. He is Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPower79 and follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1Powers. Let's do it again next week. Let's do it next week.
There he is, Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Joins us every Wednesday for, a te- or for on Texas Football Today for This Week in Recruiting. Um, follow him on Twitter, GPowers79. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Big stuff coming on the site for recruiting stuff, too. Oh, man. Big things popping. It has. Max had some brainstorm last night. Yeah. This well, it was kind of like a two-day brainstorm. Yeah. But uh, there's some really cool stuff coming there's for our, cool our, the new recruiting section yes. of the site. It's going to be awesome. So, we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package. Uh, that is where you can get two magazines, the 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, uh, profiling more than 400 prospects around the state from the class of 2019, which our kids just signed, all the way to the class of 2022, which are kids who just finished their freshman year. You get that. You get also get pre-order for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. That's the magazine that we're currently losing sleep over. Okay. Uh, goes to press May 31st. Um, it usually takes about two weeks to print because 400 pages. At that point... If you are an insider, we will put one in the mail for you. It will go there. And then it'll, t- however long the mail takes, which four or five days, something like that, um, you will then have it. As opposed to, it usually takes about two weeks for it to start hitting shelves after after it's done printing. So, if you want the magazine mailed to you directly and you want it early, become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Also, you get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, uh, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete and our recruiting analyst, Greg Powers, uh, season's worth of Tep and Step, our, pre- our premium high school football podcast. I believe we're, we've got other premium podcasts coming down the pike. Oh, baby. Uh, a lot of good stuff for insiders. If you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, all that, everything I just listed, for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five for the first year. Nineteen ninety five makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. All right, Max. All right, Greg. Let's continue our series of Texas high school football regional recaps. We've reached, I guess, no, we did Austin. I, you know what I've realized about these? Okay. I think they're 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 great. We just you know it we, sounds like it. we need. We need to basically the worst part. Here's why it doesn't work. Yes, but here's why it would work. Uh huh. The season ends and we are all exhausted, and so we basically check out for the first two weeks of January, right? Mm-hmm. In the last week of December, mm-hmm. these just need to be done by the end of January. Like this January show should just all be post mortems and then just bang them out. Yeah, you're you probably know? right. Anyway, continue. Thanks, man. No problem. I'm really, I'm really enjoying. Where this is a team effort. We're we're all in this together. I'm really enjoying our show planning for next year here on 2000. On well, on I mean to be fair, our audience is like a third of what it normally is. So true. Although true. I, I'm I, again the last two days we were betraying the podcast audience. I know horrendously by just talking about it. No, as I mean the here's stream. here's the thing. By the way, I they're will just, used to it. I though. will just say this: yeah. the podcast, like we talk about that, like because it's so immediate. The live audience is, is a number we pay attention to. Yeah. The podcast audience is like fifteen times yeah, that. It's way more. It's people. huge <laughs> because it's on demand for people. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> we love you, podcast listeners. Thanks for listening. Um, let's get to San Antonio talking about the Alamo City, uh, Texas high school football in 2018. Uh, let's start with the big picture. And the big picture is like kind of unfortunately still, I would say, a slow decline that 
I think that you would I think you would be hard pressed to say that of the four um major metro areas, if you can, including Dallas, Houston, yeah. San Antonio and Austin, that right now, as far as Texas high school football on a statewide from a statewide contendership perspective, at least at the big school level, they're fourth place. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. They for the second consecutive year, they did not put a team in a title game. Okay? Yeah. Um that is, you know, that's something that, that I know is, is kind of unacceptable. Now, part of that is that you had some upstarts from outside major metro areas. Longview, Beaumont, Westbrook uh, getting in there. Um, but in the end, you know, you kind of measure, uh, you have to measure uh, San Antonio against its metro bunkmates. Mm-hmm. And right now, the bottom line is that San Antonio is, j- is, is in fourth place. I, I, I'm not saying that to be mean. Yeah. I'm saying that as just kind of a matter of fact, yeah. because they're they're not get, they're not contending on a statewide level. Now, there are small schools that are contending in the San Antonio area, and we'll get to some of those in a moment. But overall, look, that doesn't mean that there's bad football there in, in San Antonio. I, I think that they had a number of really really good teams, a lot of which we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But if you are going to if if you are going to measure if you're going to be fair about it, you have to measure San Antonio against Houston, against DFW, and against Austin. And right now, I mean, if you want to if you want to argue a little bit with Austin, that's fine. They're I think they're very clearly behind Houston and DFW. Yeah. I don't think that's up. Or I don't down. I don't think it's. I mean, we're going to get to some of these teams and some of the geographicness of this mm-hmm. kind of helps because uh, San Antonio is kind of weird compared to the other metro areas, mm-hmm. but um. No, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, we talked about how this was a disappointing year for Austin. Yeah. I think you have four or five programs now that are kind of pushing towards that upper echelon. I don't think you can say that about that many programs in San Antonio. Right. I mean, really, you know, uh, one, one of the big problems is that you had a team that is a perennial power, like San, like Civil of Steel, fall back. Yeah. You had them take a step back. And right. as a result, that's just not going to, you know, that's, that's not going to help things. So... I don't want to crap on San Antonio because I think there's good football played down there. But if you're going to measure it against the the metro areas of their similar size, they're 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 falling a little bit behind. Yeah, just the bottom line of it. So uh, let's get to our regional team of the year, and I'm doing teams of the year because because you're a coward. Well, here's here's the thing: the regional team of the year, as we define it, is Quero, and that's pretty obvious. But- this always strikes me as so weird with re- and this is one of those weird regional things. How is Quero a San Antonio team? Right. Because right? The, well, because here's the thing. I know you're going to tell me why and it's going to make some sense, but it doesn't make sense when you hear it. No, you're right. And yeah. if you look at them because basically we consider you have to put Quero somewhere. Right. Okay? Quero is if you go 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 on Google Maps and look where Quero is. Yeah. It is right in that nether region between what you would call the coastal bend right. and what you would call San Antonio. Right. Because and I would say that in a lot of respects, what I consider to be the coastal bend is Victoria to the coast. Right. And they are northeast of or northwest of Victoria. Right. And I think that's one of the weird things about when e- even with this many regions, one area with a high concentration of good teams, yes. Victoria, right? If you the greater Victoria area has a ton of good football teams, yes. it basically gets sliced and diced. It really does. That's that. That's kind of the point where you have to, at some yeah. point you have to draw lines. Right. And and that's the one that because to me I think if you talk to Quero folks if you were to say are you close would you consider yourself San Antonio or would you consider yourself a coastal team right I think they'd say San Antonio right that's so that's that's why I'm kind of putting an asterisk here so let's talk about Quero for a minute 
Quero was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Quero obviously won the state championship for 4A Division II. They were, they were, I think, by the end of the year, you know, it, if you remember back to the beginning of the year, especially when West Orange Stark, it kind of became clear that they kind of took a step back. And, and you remember even in the early going, when, when the magazine came out, we started talking about 4A Division II, and, and we ranked West Orange Stark number one, and it felt like we're just kind of ranking them there because they're always there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And... And, and so we were like, is there an opportunity for a team to up and rise up and do it? You know, part of it is that we kind of said, oh, well, that was a great year for Pleasant Grove, but they're going to take a step back. Obviously, they made it back to a title game. But Cuero kept on chugging along. And this was the team that we talked about basically since this senior class was freshman, basically since Jordan Whittington and Kieran Grant and that senior class and Trey Moore were, were freshmen. They were talking about that's going to be the year. Well, it was, and and what what Travis Reeve and the, and the Gobblers were able to do in a football crazy part of the state was awful, awful impressive. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think I think from that perspective, Cuero's very clearly the team of the year in San Antonio. If you and yet, if you want to say that Cuero is not in San Antonio, and you want to say, okay, dude, like what about actual San Antonio? Then it's Converse Shutson. Judson once again, I think was the was the best team in in the Alamo City. Uh, this is a team that that I know that they did not get. You know, Lake Travis continues to be their you know their bugaboo mm-hmm. team. They just can't get past. Uh, but they make it to a regional final again. Uh, they were, I think, the team to beat in San Antonio, and they beat pretty much all comers in San Antonio. And then they ran into a team from Austin. And they, and they lost. So uh, I think that Converse Judson, uh, with, with their outstanding year with Sincere McCormick and Marvin Leal, they are um, they will be my pick for the regional teams of the year. Regional surprise of the year. San Antonio Wagner. And they're a little bit of a surprise. It's not really much of a surprise. But we also, I think the this, is, this should be called the all-reach postmortem, Tepper. Well, I would just say <laughs> that San Antonio Wagner was a team we kind of saw coming. Yeah. And a team that we were like, all right, with the 5A split, you start think, looking at that at Region 4, you start mm-hmm. saying, who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. San Antonio Wagner ended up being a juggernaut. And yeah. I don't know if it would have mattered for the 5A split just because they were so darn good yeah. there in in, four, in 5A Division 1. Yeah. Um, so overall, San Antonio Wagner and, and what uh, yeah, Charles Bush was able to do there, um, I think what was was really uh, really imp- Charles Bruce rather yeah. was really impressive and the literally the most explosive, dangerous offense in the state. Plain and simple, from an eleven man perspective, they were the most dominant offense in the state. Yep. Um, and so even if you saw them coming, I don't know if anybody necessarily saw them being as dominant as they were. So. They're my regional surprise of the year. Regional coach of the year. Let's go to Seguin. And another kind of tweener, right? But I, I think it's very clear. They're very clearly in, in San Antonio area. Is, is Travis Bush at Seguin. Um, he is. He just finished up. I want to make sure I get this right. I want to say this was his second year. Uh, or no, that, that, he just finished up his third season. Just finished up his third season. And he guides them to a 7-4 and four mark. And you're probably thinking, okay, well, what's the big deal? 7-4, and four, you lose in the first round of the playoffs. That was Seguin's first winning season since 2006. Jeez. That was just their fourth winning season since 1989. Unreal. This has been a Matador squad that has struggled mightily. It struggled big time. And so for Travis Bush to help push them over the top in his third year, you can start to see that build coming. And, and it was it was awful impressive to see. And, and to me, this is the mark of a coach who's building. 2016, his first year, 2-8. and eight. 2017 is uh, his second year. 2-8, and eight, showed signs of improvement. 
The third year was the breakout year. And that is a guy with a plan. And Travis Bush was an outstanding, outstanding coach in 2018 for Seguin. He is my regional coach of the year. Uh, and then we go regional player of the year. And once again, we're going to split it. Because obviously, it's Quero athlete Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington's are one of the most... I mean, anybody who saw him in that title game. Yeah. Um, and if he didn't miss time, yeah. he certainly would have been in the mix for Mr. Uh, Mr. Football. Check football player yeah. of the year. Yeah. But he missed some time. Obviously, when he was healthy, he was a dynamo. Just ask Pleasant Grove. Um, he was the best player in in that part of the state. If you, again, don't want to count Cuero, that's fine. If you don't want to count Cuero, then I think it has to be um, Deontay Hagens, the uh, the quarterback for San Antonio Madison, who was awful, awful good. He was uh, actually the San Antonio Express News. Uh, it was their uh, he was their um, offensive player of the year uh, in in uh, all area team. This is a guy who uh, guided Madison to their first district title since 2012, first playoff win since 2013, uh, more than 2,800 total yards and 36 touchdowns. He was terrific. Going to Incarnate Word, um, Deontay Hagens uh, would be my pick. You could also give it to Demarvin Leal. Uh, at, uh, at at Converse Judson, he was a, a monster um, on the uh, on the, on the defensive front. Uh, but overall, I would give this 88 tackles, 20, 16 tackles for loss, and seven sacks for Demarvin Leal. But to me, Deontay Hagens uh, would be my pick in San Antonio. So then, early 2019, look ahead, and and look again to kind of wrap this all up. It's very there are some parts of the state where the where success the the bar for success is a bit of a moving target. You can say, oh, well, it was great depth. Uh, even if they didn't make it uh, as far in the playoffs, it was, they had great depth. Uh, you know, I think a team, a place like El Paso is kind of like that. Uh, a place like the South Plains. If you can get one, you know, the small schools are going to be good. If you can get a big school, then, then it'll be really impressive. To me, that's, there's kind of moving target in a number of different places. I don't think there is any doubt what the measurement of success in San Antonio is. And that is at least one team in a state championship game and multiple teams in state semifinals. That's it. That's the bottom line of it. It's getting out of Region 4. San Antonio should be dominating Region 4 and should be should be the face of, of Region 4. Get past the teams like Lake Travis. Get past teams uh, you know, from the Austin area that you end up running to and in, in running into regional finals. I think that they've got a shot. There are a lot of a lot of teams that I think in San Antonio that are on the rise. Uh, I'm very excited to see what uh, a number of teams do in, in 2018 or 19 rather. Uh, I want to see if Wagner can keep it going. They're very senior heavy. I want to see if San Antonio Southside's ready for another big mi- uh, big step. I think Brandeis is in that mix as well as another team that could be uh, a big time breakout candidate. I figure that I, I think that Alamo Heights is another team that could make that jump. To me, the the measurement is clear, and if you are in San Antonio. You got to get a team into a title into a title game. This is an area that should be contending on a statewide level. I think 2018 was a disappointment. I think 2017 was largely a disappointment as well. 2019 needs to be a bounce back year for San Antonio, and I think it's got a chance to. So that is our regional recap for San Antonio. Ish. And unfortunately, we cannot do final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts, Max? I don't have any final thoughts. I'm sorry. Um... We're gonna try I'm to fix just going to keep trying to fix it, guys. We're going to keep trying to fix it. And for you people on the podcast, this is the best way to consume this, obviously. Thanks, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Max Thompson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please compete your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.